really wanted to be intentional in creating a group that addresses those unique challenges as women of color. And more important, how do we create a pipeline that attracts more women of color to this business? Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings, sponsored by BG Products. Be good to your customers with BG. Hello, everyone. I'm Gene Girdley, and I produce and direct the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast and virtual events. The Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast is your source for automotive industry leaders, innovators, and top performers, providing you with the latest ideas, technology, customer trends, and performance improvement strategies. And now, here's Ted Haynes. It's always great to welcome back Carrie Wise to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. She's the co-founder and president of the Women of Color Automotive Network. She is a best practice recipient. In fact, she ran away with the best practice award first place at our last time that we got together in person in Las Vegas. Carrie Wise, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thank you, Ted. I always love being a part of this conference and I appreciate you having me back. You really bring the fire and uh, you've got a, a huge following and you're you're so well respected in the industry. And I'm really pleased that we have a chance to talk a little bit about uh, Women of Color Automotive Network. And uh, you've done some great work there. And uh, And by the way, our theme today is fast and furious because that's the pace at which things are happening right right now in retail. And isn't this an amazing time to be in our industry? It is. I've been in the business for 22 years and you're so right. I think this is such an exciting time. So much change, so much evolution, uh, and I'm glad to be a part of it. I, I can't remember anything anything near like we're experiencing right now in these last 12 months. And I, I think we're in for a great year. So um, let's start off by telling us a little bit, tell our audience a little bit about Woken. Uh, what inspired you to create the Women of Color Automotive Network? And, uh, and what's your goal? Yeah, well, last year was a crazy year, you know, with the pandemic, but it also kind of heightened our sensitivities to diversity and inclusion. There was a lot of talk about racial inequality. Um, prior to that, there was a lot of talk with the Me Too movement and gender. And so I think we were inspired really with all that was happening last year to do something about it. And as a woman of color in this industry, I'm a unicorn, right? <laughs> if I look around at all the conferences I speak, a lot of times, you know, I'm the only one. And I created Wokan with three other founders who are prominent women of color in the business. I'm Amanda Gordon. She owns an independent dealer in Colorado, the first black woman to ever own a, a, a dealer in the whole state a, a few years ago. Um, Patrice Banks owns a, a service repair shop called Girls Auto Clinic in Philadelphia, unheard of as a black woman. And um, we also have Erica Wells, who's a sales manager at a dealership in Atlanta. And so we came together and said, what can we do to really impact diversity in automotive and attract more talent, diverse talent to this business? And we really created Woken for ourselves because I wish 22 years ago I had a network of women that were like me that had unique challenges. And it's really tough when you talk about multiple identities because a lot of times we'll hear about women or we might hear about race or we might hear about sexuality when it comes to, to diversity. But when you cross multiple identities, it becomes more challenging because in some ways as a woman of color, we have kind of the double, the double bind, the double barrier in terms of being women and also um, people of color. And so we really wanted to be intentional in creating a group 
that addresses those unique challenges as women of color, brings other women together so that they don't feel alone in this industry. And more important, how do we create a pipeline that attracts more women of color to this business? I think this is the beginning, Carrie, of something great that you have created. And I, I think we're going to look back on it many years from now and, um, and, and really reflect on what you've done. Uh, yeah. t tell us, why is diversity and inclusion important? In the, yeah, in the automotive it, industry and in, especially in the retail automotive industry. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the why is the hump that we all have to get over in this business. You know, we've talked a lot about diversity and inclusion and not all of these conversations have stuck with in terms of change in the industry. The reality is that we're not incredibly we're not more diverse now than relative to even like five or 10 years ago. It's not something that has evolved very fast. And I think part of the challenge is that the understanding of the why, I think some in the dealer space might look at this as a kubaya conversation, but really what we're doing right now, this conversation we're having right now is a business conversation. This is a strategic conversation because the reality is that if you can attract more women of color to your, your dealership, you're going to attract more women, white women, you're going to attract more millennials, you're going to attract more outside of the box thinkers. Like this is more than just having different faces um, that in, the, in, in your dealership. This is about having new mindsets. Um, this is about disrupting your dealership so that outside disruptors don't disrupt you. And so the why is really about bringing in new mindsets that can help us be more fast and furious as your theme is, right? That can help us progress faster. And I think that is going to set your dealership up, not for today, but for the future. And wait, can I just stop one more thing? Yeah. Let's talk about the customer. And this is probably the more obvious of them. The reality is your customer is diverse, right? When it comes to buying cars, a third of customers are multicultural, they're minorities, more than half are, are women or more than half influence the car purchase. And when it comes to service and fixed stops, the same thing, right? And so the reality is that if your dealership doesn't have a culture that attracts and retain diverse talent, you probably don't have a culture that services um, the diverse customer either. So it's about the customer. And, and, you know, Kerry, we've had a lot of conversations that's come up today throughout the event about the culture being so important at the dealership. And um, what are some of the ways that dealers can attract and retain diverse talent? How do they go about it? Yeah. So I don't want to make this seem like a silver bullet because the reality is that uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, I don't think anybody's figured it out. And when I say anybody, I mean, not just in the dealer space, the OEM space, the vendor space, everybody is grappling with this particular um, challenge in some ways. How do we attract more talent? And it's even more pertinent on the fixed stop side when we think about technicians and you know the lack of talent out there and in, in, in trying to find this, you know, more people that are qualified in that way. And so what I would say is, First of all, just start, right? Start, do something tomorrow that is different than you what you were doing today. You're not gonna solve all of the world's problems, but you're gonna start moving towards a more diverse um, talent base. And so let's talk about attracting, okay? Let's start, take that one first. Okay. I would say attraction starts with how your culture is. Like before we start talking about recruitment, 
The question is, if I recruit diverse talent, are they going to even stay? And so we got to look at the inside of our, our, our dealership, the culture. And I would say, number one, do you have a line drawn in terms of bad behavior? What I have seen in dealerships and really across automotive is we allow bad behavior, mm. whether it be harassment or any kind of bad behavior, if the person's performing, <laughs> we got to stop that. And we got to like get rid of somebody if they cross the line in terms of um, culture that doesn't support women, that doesn't support minorities, it doesn't support just people in general. Mm -hmm. And we got to have that line drawn so everybody in the store knows that this is the culture, this is what we're going to accept, and this is what we're not going to accept. We also have to think about whose voices are we hearing or respecting in the store. This also applies to the corporate world. I oftentimes, when I'm in a meeting and I look around the room, and when I see that woman that who is not contributing, not sharing, her voice is not being heard, she's being stepped on, like I, as a leader, need to elevate her voice. And so I, we, need, as, we need to think about as leaders, how do we use our power to elevate the voices that are not being heard or the people that are not being seen? So it starts with culture. And if we have that culture, we're going to automatically attract. It's the law of attraction in terms of people know when they apply to a job, when they come up to a job and there's an energy and a culture that seems supportive of them, they're going to be more attractive. But I think in, in terms of being even more specific in terms of um, attraction, we got to think about our where are we recruiting? Are we recruiting in the same places? Are we looking at our own um, network? which oftentimes looks the same as us, or are we really trying to build relations outside of people who look at us? I'm always fascinated when I see women leaders, when I see minority leaders, they oftentimes have a lot more diversity than I see in other in companies that don't have those kind of leaders. And the reason why is the biases, they're, they're, they're more open right, to people that are like them, women, other minorities. So I think we have to check our biases and look at the where we're, we're trying to attract these candidates. And lastly, we need to look at the barriers that stop applicants from applying, which often ties back to the job postings. I remember Liza Borches, you had her on one of your um, uh, fixed ops uh, events in the past, and she talked about even the service, op, the service advisor position, how she removed ASC certified which wasn't the main criteria to be a great service advisor. And all of a sudden she started attracting more women. So a lot of times our job postings are eliminating people or our criteria in terms of what makes a good applicant is oftentimes excluding a lot of people that could be qualified or we could train um, uh, to do the job. I have seen you personally elevate those voices that you just referred to a little while ago. So I know that you do that. And I believe that Wokan is a great platform to elevate those voices as well. So, so what's next? What's next for the Women of Color Automotive Network? Yeah, I mean, we have so much work to do. We have almost 400 members so, so wow. far. 10% um, are allies, meaning they're white men and white women who just want to be a part of the conversation, want to figure out how they could help women of color. And so we'll continue to grow our membership base, have great speakers on every single month that can inspire um, women of color. We're also going to be working on an ally program because we got a, we had a, we had a problem we didn't expect. 
we had we had white people who wanted to be a part of Woken, and that was not anticipated. And so now we're thinking about how do we develop a program for allies on mm -hmm. how they can be better allies. Sure. Right. Sure. And so that's going to be really huge for us. And then eventually by the end of the year, we plan on doing an in-person event. We're doing all virtual monthly events right now, um, but we'll, we'll have an in-person event. We plan on partnering with NAMAD and I haven't told anybody that yet, but the National Association of Minority Auto Dealers, we're going to partner together at the end of the year in December and have an in-person event for our WOCAN members. So we're really, really excited about that. And we'll just continue to grow and, and partner, you know, with great companies as well. Carrie, how can people watching our audience get involved uh, and support uh, WOCAN? Yeah. yeah. So I want to just emphasize that while Women of Color is geared, Women of Color Automotive Network is geared towards women of color. Uh, we love our allies to be at this event. In fact, there's a couple of um, service leaders that are every month at our events and they're, they're white men, right? Because by the way, this is a recruitment thing for them. They want to be a part of Wokan so they, they can be a part of the best talent. So I encourage you to go to wocautonetwork.com. That's our website. You can learn about our upcoming events. You can learn about our ally program and all our other programs like scholarships that we have coming out for our members. I and mean, then we'd love for you to be a part of it. And then I just encourage you to register for our events. We have them every single month and um, you'll see nothing like it in terms of inspiration and seeing these faces across OEMs, vendors, the service side, the sales side that you, you, you didn't know existed and are doing great things as women of color. Everyone, if you want to reach out to Carrie and find out more about the Women of Color Automotive Network, as she just said, uh, the website is listed at the bottom of the of the screen here. It's right on the ticker, so you can get on there. And Carrie, I would imagine you probably have uh, a listing or an agenda of some upcoming events. I know I see them posted on LinkedIn on social all the time. Yeah, yeah. We just uh, had our event this week okay. with um, uh, Janae Andrews, one of the top women sales person, happens to be a black woman uh, in the industry. But yes, every single month uh, we'll continue to have an event. So I encourage you to look for our May event and register. We'd love to have both women of color and our allies. And then you could also reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always on there. I'd love to hear from you and uh, just encourage this conversation. So thank you so much, Ted for bringing this up. It's such an important topic. Carrie, you are leading uh, the uh, the effort. So uh, if you don't mind, I would love to invite you back to our next event. It's gonna be on June 17th. It's gonna be virtual again, Fixed okay. Ops Roundtable number 12. It's gonna be called The Matrix. And I would love to have you lead a panel on this topic, if you wouldn't mind, and uh, bring even more automotive industry uh, to recognize and get involved and you know become a part of what it is that you're doing. If you don't I mind. would love to be a part of that. Thank you so much, Ted. Um, I appreciate you using your platform to elevate this conversation and uh, you're doing you're doing some great work. All right, Kerry Wise, let's plan on it. Kerry Wise, everybody, the co-founder and president of the Women of Color Automotive Network here today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thanks for joining us on the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings. Sponsored by BG Products. Help your customers be good for life with the Lifetime BG Protection Plan. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or any of our Fixed Ops Roundtable events, or if you'd like sponsorship information, reach out to Ted Ings at area code 212-763-0016. That's 212-763-0016. 212-763-0016. 763 0016.
On behalf of Ted Ings and everyone at the Fixed Ops Roundtable, I'm Gene Girdley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>